It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Howdy. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. It's totally free. And then it comes right to your smartphone or tablet every single day. Just go to thepetecalendarshow.com. Uh, also want to give a shout out to the patrons who help make the program possible. Folks like Grant, David, Cindy, Eric, Dan, Joshua, Christian, Stephanie, Casey, and Mary. Thank you very much. You all make the show possible. And uh, they became patrons. They get exclusive content like the live streams and some bumper stickers and such. Um, but uh, also the satisfaction of knowing that I am not unemployed. <laughs> that I am not out on the street with a sign at a uh, an inter, uh, interstate off-ramp. So um, are you all enjoying your limited taste of freedom in North Carolina? Yeah, Governor Cooper, he's letting us just a taste, just a taste, just a little bit. I mean, we're not like going full South Carolina. I mean, that's South Carolina and Texas and Florida, like nowhere near where like, obviously they're all trying to kill their people. Right. But uh, our governor, he loves us. He cares more about us than those evil Republican governors in those other states. And so he's going to dole out the freedom in drips and drabs. <laughs> so <laughs> I will get to some of that. The big announcement of the easing of some restrictions that occurred and ha- uh, have now taken effect. Uh, first, big savings are available right now on the Husqvarna V500 series. These are stand-on lawnmowers. These things are uh, legendary. Husqvarna power, performance, reliability. And if you are thinking about adding a stand-on mower to your fleet or you Maybe you got a very large piece of property and uh, you want to uh, replace, you know, your old mower uh, with a new stand on mower. Then this is the best time to do it because General Equipment Rental has got essentially two deals that they can combine together. And what that means for you is $3,500 off on a couple of these Husqvarna brands. So first, there's a 25% off MSRP if you buy a nine-point fleet item, and then you can combine that with a $1,000 instant rebate when you buy a V548 or V554 stand-on mower. Add them together, $3,500 off. Uh, Think it over, but not for too long because the offer ends, this promotion ends in April, on April 30th. So you have about a month to go on to their website, generalrents.com, and check them out or walk on into their store. General Equipment Rental, they are located uh, in Weaverville at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. They are family-owned and operated for three generations, and they have all of your equipment needs, whether uh, these are like massive projects, like you're looking to you know, carve out the side of a mountain, they can help you, you know, They'll show you how to use the right equipment for that job. Uh, or it, maybe it's just, you know, tilling a garden. They can rent you the equipment for any of those operations, but they're also your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service providers. So uh, they do all equipment repair and service as well. These are, the, th- these are the folks you need to take all of your stuff to. Uh, if you got questions, if you need repairs, if you need to upgrade, uh, it's all at General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. All righty, so uh, the governor, Roy Cooper, 
issued his latest executive order a couple of days ago. It took effect on the Friday, uh, uh, this past Friday at like five o'clock, and it relaxed a lot of the restrictions on businesses and gatherings. And uh, these are the restrictions that he has imposed on all of the state's 10.7 million residents for more than a year. The mask mandate, let's not get crazy. The mask mandate remains in place. Okay, he's not changing that because he says he has saved a lot of lives by uh, putting that mask mandate in place. Uh, Also, the six feet of distancing protocol, that stays in place, too. Again, drips and drabs, just a tiny little bit of for just a taste, just a taste of the freedom. Okay, Um, at the COVID briefing last week, there were actually he did three briefings last week, two COVID related and one was his budget proposal. Um, So at the two COVID briefings, he had, as always, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Mandy Cohen, uh, by his side. She reiterated the Cooper administration's mantra uh, that they are guided by the science and the data and that they're using the dimmer switch approach to imposing and relaxing all of these restrictions. We're in a promising place. With North Carolinians, COVID-19 metrics are improving and vaccinations are increasing. We can responsibly use our dimmer switch approach to ease restrictions guided by the science Mm. and the data. And the data. While we'll continue to need to wear masks and maintain six feet of distance, lower risk settings can open further, while higher risk settings really must maintain caution. So just out of curiosity, because no media will ask this question, um, but... All of the numbers and the decline that we have been seeing, what has that been due to? What, why are the numbers just like just cratering right now? And not just in North Carolina, but all over the country. Well, except for New York, but all over the country. Why are the numbers dropping? Why are they dropping so precipitously fast? Is it because everybody just had this renewed sense to mask up and distance away? Like what has been driving these steep declines? They never get asked this question, which is pretty amazing if you think about it, that they're saying that all of their um, executive orders are the reasons why uh, people uh, are not getting sick as they once were and these interventions are working. Well, then why are the numbers going down and why are the numbers going down while numbers all across America are going down in states like Texas and Florida Texas at this point now it's almost three weeks since their um, uh, their restrictions were lifted. They just did away with all of them. No mask mandate, just all of it just got lifted, and it's been three weeks and their numbers keep going down. Why is that? Why is the science and the data different in different states? I'm not really sure. As a reminder, those lower risk settings are one where you have fewer people or where you can keep masks on the entire time. You have good ventilation or you're outdoors and your interactions with people are short and activities such as singing, yelling and cheering are really avoided. (laughs) No singing. In addition to the easing of restrictions with the governor (laughs) will outline in a second, we're also updating our school guidance. Schools should return to in-person instruction to the fullest extent possible while following all the public health protocols in our Strong Schools NC toolkit. This includes wearing masks all the time and cleaning of high traffic areas. But the distancing requirement is now three feet. It was six feet 
And the NCAE teachers, don't call it a union, union, they were like, we can't do that. Six feet of distance is required. And the schools were like, well, we can't, uh, you know, our, our schoolhouses are not built for six feet of distancing. And so the teachers union, don't call it a union, was like, well, I guess we can't go back to work then. And then the state just changed it to three feet after the CDC changed it to three feet. So everybody changed it to three feet because they were like, oh, these teachers union people, they, uh, they won't go back unless we give them, uh, unless we have like a three foot distance rather than a six foot distance because the schools aren't built for six feet of distance. They're just not physically big enough to house all the kids fully returned. So they just changed the guidance <laughs> but down, to, down to three feet. And oh, by the way, the uh, teachers union was not happy. I actually have here. Sorry, the teachers don't call it a union union. The NCAE. Uh, released a statement on the changes to the CDC guidelines for social distancing the other day. They said, quote, from the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic, the NCAE has urged that we follow the science in determining how best to ensure the safety of students, families and educators. With the CDC changing their guidance today around minimum social distancing in schools from six feet to three feet in elementary schools, we want to emphasize that three feet is an absolute minimum, not the ideal. The CDC continues to recommend keeping students and teachers in cohorts throughout the day, maintaining six feet of distance between those groups whenever possible, and continuing to strictly adhere to other safety protocols, including constant masking and vigilant hand washing in order to keep educators and students as safe as possible. In middle schools and high schools where community transmission is high, as it continues to be in many North Carolina counties, the CDC advises students to stay six feet apart if cohorting is not possible. For the sake of public trust and clarity, we urge the CDC to provide far more detail about the rationale for the change from six feet to three feet for students in schools clearly and publicly account for differences in types of school environments, new virus variants, differences in mitigation compliance, and how study participants were tested for the virus. In other words, they don't believe the CDC made this decision based on science. So I guess now the NCAE, their science deniers, they're anti-science. I believe this is the standard, folks. Look, I don't make these rules, but I think that's how this has to be now. You guys are anti-science. They say that we're concerned that the CDC has changed one of the basic rules for how to ensure school safety without demonstrating certainty that the change is justified by the science and can be implemented in a manner that does not detract from the larger long-term needs of students. So the teachers union now sounds like a bunch of right wingers <laughs> that are like, hey, wait a minute. The CDC is changing its guidance on something here. I'm not so sure we can believe everything now that the CDC is saying you're anti-science. Why do you want people to die? Right. This is again, I don't make the rules. This is the response that I am supposed to adopt whenever you question the experts, because after all, they are the. Uh, the relayers, the purveyors of the science and data. That's, that's the way you got to say that, I think. Well, I mean, it's the new religion. If you just say it, it's just this incantation and you just say it like that. And then anything you say under that rubric, then, uh, then it's like it's undeniable. I mean, look what the CDC just did. The science and data just changed. Just they got an update from on high and it's now three feet. Three feet's okay. I can't wait for them to adjust the six feet, which, by the way, the six feet comes from some extrapolation 
like that's decades old or something. And it's it's actually like when you look at uh, aerosolized transmission, six feet doesn't actually even do anything. Anyway, so that's a different topic. Let's just move on here. Um, about one third of adults in North Carolina have now gotten one dose of the vaccine and uh, almost one in five have been fully vaccinated. Governor Cooper said that because of the success of the vaccination program and how everybody is, of course, heeding his orders, that's why he can ease some of the restrictions. Some places will be able to increase capacity up to 100% indoors and outdoors with safety protocols in place. They include museums, aquariums, retail businesses and shops, salons, and personal care shops. The new order will allow some places to increase capacity up to 75% indoors and up to 100% outdoors. They include restaurants, breweries, wineries, amusement parks, gyms and pools, and other recreation establishments. Additionally, the new order will allow some places to increase capacity up to 50% indoors and outdoors. Ooh. That includes bars, conference centers, and reception venues, sports arenas, and other venues for live performances. In addition, effective Friday, we will fully lift the 11 p.m. curfew for on-site alcohol consumption. And finally, the mass gathering limit, which covers other kinds of gatherings that are not laid out in the order, will be increased to 50 indoors and 100 outdoors. These are significant changes, but they can be done safely. (laughs) And we've said all along that the science and the data would be our guide in this Demer Switch approach. Demer Switch approach. Science and data. Why is a bar now that it's allowed to open at 50% capacity, not not the 75% capacity that the breweries are allowed to open at, but the 50% capacity because bars and breweries are different. You see, because breweries make the beer on site and bars bring it in. And so that that distinction is critical here. Okay. So, um, yeah, one makes the beer on site, one trucks it in. And so therefore COVID attacks the one that trucks it in. We learned this about, uh, well, almost a year ago now when Governor Cooper started shutting down and treating these different businesses uh, differently. But um, why would you lift the alcohol sales curfew? Why lift it now? Because the numbers are down. But if the bars are such super spreader sites, then why would you allow any alcohol to continue to be sold? Do you want people to die? I- I'm I'm unclear. There's three different uh, tiers, if you will, here, right? Three different tiers. So you've got uh, the one group that's like allowed 100% to open, another group that's allowed 75% to open, and another group that's 50% to open. And how you end up in those different categories, well, nobody really knows for sure, but the governor's got top people working on this. Like who? Top. Top people that are advising him. And now, if you've been listening to this show for, you know, the last, well, I don't know, probably six months or so, um, you know that Governor Cooper has been treating bars and breweries differently, and it has uh, earned him several lawsuits, right? We've talked to the lawyer representing one of the parties in that one of those lawsuits, and the executive order that he just signed now continues this disparate treatment. 
So bars can open at 50% indoor capacity. Breweries can open at 75% indoor capacity. And uh, this actually prompted a question, <laughs> prompted this question from a reporter during the Q&A. Hi, this is Michael Hyland from CBS 17. Uh, I want to ask first about the decision regarding the capacity uh, at various businesses. Since the bars have reopened a few weeks ago, have you noticed any significant impact that they have had on the spread of COVID-19? And if not, why continue to treat them differently than restaurants, breweries, and wineries? So our healthcare officials have spent a lot of time analyzing data Ooh. and grouping certain settings and activities into various risk columns. Risk columns. It's the first I've heard this term, risk columns. That the health officials and the experts, of course, relying on the science and data and employing the dimmer switch approach, they have been assigning these businesses and industries into risk columns. We don't get to see the columns, I guess, unless maybe that's like, well, the column is, you know, hey, 50% opening, you're in the 50% column, you're in the high risk column, right? A bar is in the high risk column, but a brewery is not. And see, they're in that column, and that's why they're in the column, because the people put them in the column, and the people who are top people put them in that column, and that's why they're in the column. And that column means that they cannot open more than the column allows them to open, because, exactly, they're in the column. See, it all makes perfect sense. And the executive order is based upon those different levels of risks. And I will let uh, Dr. Cohen address that more specifically. Please do. Hi, Michael. Thanks for the question. We know in settings where you are indoors, gathered together, and you don't wear your mask consistently the whole time, like those are places where this virus spreads. We've certainly seen that happen in some of our college campuses that are having some um, additional outbreaks. We're seeing that in sports teams as well, when folks are together, not wearing their masks all the time, and particularly when they're indoors. Um, we know that that is th what happens in a bar. Folks are gathering inside together and not wearing their masks all the time. Also in um, restaurants So we do still see that breweries. as a higher risk setting. We do feel like our trends have moved in the right direction ah. so that we can move forward with further easing of restrictions. But we want to make sure we are still... Um, make sure we're still following those underlying safety protocols, meaning wearing your mask when you can, when you're not actively eating or drinking, and still maintaining six feet of distance from other parties there at the bar. See, so all of the same... Uh, characteristics of a bar that apply to restaurants, breweries, wineries, uh, they're not addressed here. She doesn't feel, I guess, required to answer this part of the question because his answer, his original question was, um, have you noticed any significant impact since the bars have been reopened? Because remember, a couple of weeks ago, they were all still very, very limited to their capacity. Most of them could not open under the, because it was only outdoor capacity that was allowed, and a lot of bars don't have outdoor capacity. And so they were still closed, and then they uh, they were about to get their butts handed to them in a lawsuit in court, and then, uh, you know, miracle of miracles, Governor Cooper then changes his executive order to allow bars to open, and uh, when he did that, it forced a shift, by the way, in the strategy that the, the, the litigation is going to take, but um, after that happened, so now this has been several weeks, and so, you know, did we see any kind of a significant impact in 
spread at these locations? That was the question. The original question was, did you notice any significant impact of viral spread at these bars? And if not, which by the way, there hasn't been, if not, then why are you treating them differently? And their answer is we're treating them differently because we're treating them differently. That was the answer. Now, the answer is Mattress Man if you are thinking about a new mattress. For real. Mattressmanstores.com. If spring cleaning is including uh, throwing out the old mattress because it's kind of nasty, it's got a big crater in the middle of it or whatever, uh, then head on over to Mattress Man. They've got four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They have local five-star delivery service. They do ship nationwide. They have a 120-day comfort guarantee. And right now, you can take your pick of one of two deals, okay? You can walk out with a complete bedding set for free with the purchase of select mattresses or a free anchor-weighted blanket. Your choice. Pick one. Have you tried one of these anchor-weighted blankets? Christy's got one. It weighs like 20 pounds. It's crazy. It's, um, <laughs> which is funny, like, yeah, hey, here's a blanket. Just throw a blanket at somebody, like knock them over with it. But the whole thing is it, it simulates a hug. It's, uh, it's for anxiety, actually. And like, um, people wrap it up and you just get this pressure as if you're being, you know, wrapped up in a big hug the whole time. And as I've said, in these uncertain times, couldn't we all use just a constant hug, right? Don't you think? Um, they're actually really cool. So go check them out uh, or take the free bedding set with select mattresses at Mattress Man. Remember, take advantage of Mattress Man's tax refund deal. Uh, also, no credit needed. They've got tons of flexible financing options, like no interest for up to two years. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, mattressmanstores.com, buy local and sleep better. So the settings indoors, uh, that's where you're going to see more of the viral spread, say Cooper and Cohen, or as I like to call them, the CNC factory. They I don't actually call them that. That's that's a lie. I don't actually call them that. I call them Cohen Co. But no, I don't even do that. Okay, so there is no explanation, though, of why the bars are getting the lower capacity than the breweries. Still. I mean, still. And maybe it had something to do with that litigation that is still pending, that challenges Cooper's authority to treat bars and breweries so differently. I suspect that's actually what's going on here, because... Uh, so the, the, the bar is at, uh, what, Club 519 out of Greenville, North Carolina, and they're suing, saying that you're treating us unfairly, right, unconstitutionally so, uh, by prohibiting one type of business from operating while allowing another that is basically the same to allow them to operate at a, you know, at a higher capacity. And really, the only explanation that has been given is like one, like literally that he said, you know, one makes beer on site and one doesn't. The other was that they contribute economically to the GDP of the state. That was one of their arguments, too. And if that's the case, then that's economic favoritism. But also there was industry lobbying that occurred. The breweries uh, apparently have a stronger lobbying outfit than bars, which kind of makes sense. Um, the research editor and the senior fellow of regulatory studies at the John Locke Foundation, John Sanders, we've had him on the show numerous times, and um, he criticized the Cooper administration as, quote, fully infatuated with the notion that they're the virus whisperers, that they're able to distinguish among even the most esoteric risk levels with such confidence that they base their extreme emergency orders around them. 
He, he says, the word of God is able to divide even soul and spirit, joint and marrow. But the word of Cooper believes it could divide even bar and taproom or party bus and tour bus. Because yes, party buses and tour buses were treated differently under his orders, which I guess apparently have relied on these healthcare officials, these experts, the top people, uh, creating these columns of risk. I would love to see the columns of risk. <laughs> you know, just show me the actuarial tables you guys are using. Or, uh, you know, actually, you know what? How about this? I don't even need to see the tables. How about this? Just tell me who's making the tables. Who, who are the people advising him? Is it just Dr. Cohen? Is that it? Is she the only one? Who else are we talking about here? Sanders went on to note that, quote, every time Cooper has extended or tightened his face mask order, the average daily case numbers have been higher than they were when he originally leveled the order. That's despite making it sound as if the mandate would immediately cut cases and transmission. And despite Cooper's repeated declarations, not only that we know masks work, but that they are, quote, the best weapon in this fight. Meanwhile, other states are showing virtually identical trends. Despite taking down the mask mandates, lifting all their shutdown orders, right? All the restrictions going away, mandates going away, and we see similar trends in other states. Why? That's a pretty big question to answer. And I think the governor deserves uh, to be asked that question. We deserve an explanation. We do. You know, as subjects in the land of Roy, I think we do deserve a bit of an explanation. Not only who is making these decisions for him, who's giving him this guidance, who his panel of advisors are, but also um, why are we seeing these declines in other states? Because remember, throughout the course of the pandemic and during these news conferences, Governor Cooper has repeatedly cited the performance of other states as what we want to avoid, right? He would say, well, you know, we don't want to open up too soon, because of what, you know, some other states around us, those Republican-led ones, they opened up too early, and, and now, look, they, they got more cases and such. So what then would explain the drops in all of these numbers in all of those other states? Is it possible that all of the things that, that people have attempted to do in order to mitigate the impact of the virus might not actually have had much of an impact at all? Is that possible? Do we get anybody that challenges this assertion that he has saved lives? That's what they're saying, by the way, that the Democrats are making this and he does too, this overt pitch that he is responsible for saving basically all of our lives. Like if you didn't die of COVID, you should thank Governor Cooper. At the second briefing, COVID briefing last week, um, Dawn Vaughn from the News and Observer asked who is actually advising Cooper on some of these decisions? Are these um, discussions or meetings between um, you, Governor Cooper, and, and Dr. Cohen and others? Um, and can you tell us more about that process outside of um, what's announced with the, the weekly press conference? No. <laughs> we talk with healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. uh, we also, when we're talking about easing capacity limits. We talk to the businesses that are being affected and hear from them. Uh, we've been talking with state legislators and getting their input, uh, but we mostly are looking at the data and making decisions upon 
advice of health professionals. Uh, we've done that from the beginning and we'll continue to do that as we make decisions down the road. I'm very much looking forward to uh, getting a large percentage of our population vaccinated and returning to a more normal time. This isn't responsive. Sooner rather than later. He's now talking That's about why something we're unrelated. The federal government to get us as much supply as we possibly can. Now he's hitting That's this talking we'll point. Be encouraging people who are hesitant about this vaccine to get vaccinated so we can get to normal and um, moving forward at as fast a speed as we can, particularly when it comes to our economy. So he does not give any specific answers just he's talking to people some lawmakers some health care professionals some experts in the science and data the clergy if you will he's got people top people you would think by now there would be some sort of a panel that would have been named as his advisors and why would like why is this a secret i don't understand why this would be a secret do people not want to be associated with the governor as like official advisors of his coronavirus pandemic task force or something like why would you keep this stuff a secret it doesn't make sense to me he said we're mostly looking at the data and relying on the advice of health professionals so we're mostly looking at the data and then relying on the advice of health professionals that i shall not name nobody can know who they are See, that would be my follow-up. If you're in it, and this again, one of the limitations of these telephone news conferences that he holds rather than an in-person briefing is that a reporter would then be able to just essentially interrupt him and say, can you tell us who they are, sir? I appreciate that, but can you tell us who they are? But instead, he gets to say, healthcare professionals, we're talking to some people over here, and I talked to some people over there, and I got some people this area here that we talked to, and then we want to get everybody vaccinated, and new normal, and science and data, and next question. And he's able to tap dance away from answering the question, and then nobody can drag him back to that point unless they want to blow their one opportunity, their follow-up question that comes afterwards. And I think I've heard maybe over the course of the last year, I think I've heard maybe two or three reporters re-ask the question that he did not ask them. I think I've heard that maybe two or three times. It's not been a lot. That, I'm not keeping account of it. I just, off the top of my head, I really don't recall there being very many of these types of follow-ups that were, uh, thank you for the answer, Governor, but you didn't answer my question. Can you answer my question? Like, there are very few of those throughout the last year. He does not give specific answers on these types of questions. Now, if you're looking for specific answers on, like, what kind of gun accessories you need, go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus. He's got uh, an expanded selection of slings and magazine pouches, all sorts of accessories for guns. So if you are among the record number of new gun owners in America, let Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in Clyde help you outfit it with some of the essential accessories. He's also got ammo cans, which are really cool for storage uses. He's got them in all sizes. These can go in your uh, in your vehicle, in your shed, your garage, or in your man cave, whatever. He can also help you out with first aid kits, emergency kits. Uh, every go bag should have one. Every outdoor adventure uh, backpack should have one, as should uh, every prepper. 
And really, honestly, your vehicle should have one, too. So if you go off the road, you've got an emergency supply kit there. So head on over to Old Grouch's Military Surplus, real U.S. military surplus for more than three decades. Old Grouch's on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and 24-7 at oldgrouch.com. So the governor says he wants to return to normal as soon as possible, sooner rather than later. Okay. Well, what's sooner? Can you tell us what is sooner? What's the goal, right? The goal is herd immunity. Now, we have not heard the governor say this term. We have not heard Secretary of Health and Human Services, Mandy Cohen, say this term. But that is what we are aiming for here, folks. Herd immunity, right? And this, I'm old enough to remember, when this concept was mocked at the very beginning of the pandemic, that, oh, you must be some sort of, you know, wacky conspiracy theory uh, believing person like this is only something that would be espoused by psychopaths who want as many people as possible to die. Right. Like nobody wants herd immunity. We just need to stay inside and don't breathe and wash our hands constantly and then the virus will go away. And I was saying throughout the entire pandemic, that is not a strategy for success. It is a virus. Remember, before we had a vaccine, right, we were looking at this like, okay, well, what what now, right? If we don't have a vaccine, are we going to just, like, live in isolation like this forever? We can't do that. That's no way to live. You're so busy uh, being afraid of dying that you don't live, There have been people who have not lived for the last year because of this, because they're so terrified of death. And and, and what's really outrageous about it is that the actual risk of dying from COVID is very low. It really is. Now, it's very high in certain um, cohorts, certain demographic cohorts, 65 years and older, comorbidities. Yes. And by the way, it's especially lethal when you don't do anything to treat it. When someone gets diagnosed, they get a, they trip a positive on a PCR test, and the doctor says, well, just go home, and uh, we'll see if you get worse. And if you get worse, you go to the hospital where you'll probably die. Well, why not give them some treatment first? We covered this last week uh, on the show. So what does the return to normal look like? How do we get there? And he says, we want to be there sooner rather than later. Okay, so herd immunity, right? You get as many people vaccinated. That's one form of immunity. You got vaccination immunity. And then there's another one that's called Natural immunity. Natural immunity would come when you had the virus, right? You got sick from it, and then you recovered. And so now you have immunity. So enough people get herd immunity or get uh, natural immunity or vaccination immunity, and then we all benefit from that, right? That's what we're aiming for. So when does herd immunity kick in? When does normal return? Dr. Marty McCary, a professor at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and Bloomberg School of Public Health and Carey School of Business, recently wrote in the Wall Street Journal, quote, Anthony Fauci has been saying that the country needs to vaccinate 70 to 85 percent of the population in order to reach herd immunity. But he inexplicably ignores natural immunity. If you account for previous infections, Herd immunity is likely closer at hand. In North Carolina, I did the numbers here. In North Carolina, we've had more than 900,000 positive cases. Okay, now I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the people that told me to trust the PCR tests. 
right? Because I've done a lot of shows in the past year about my concerns and questions about the PCR tests. I do. I got questions. If you got questions also about buying or selling a home, then call Rowena Patton. That's the best way to do that. Uh, She is your vaccination to ignorance about buying or selling a home. It's true. 333-4483 is her phone number. Her website, mountainhomehunt.com. She's got homes in all price points if you're looking to buy. And if you're looking to sell, she has buyers already lined up. Christy and I are using her to buy our house. I recommend her. I have never recommended or endorsed another real estate agent uh, in my entire uh, career. And so uh, call who I called, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. They outsell 99% of the realtors in the entire state. And you can uh, see for yourself. Call her, 333-4483. And then start packing because it's going to happen fast. So... Uh, Dr. Marty Macri at the Wall Street Journal says that we're closer to herd immunity probably than than uh, Fauci is letting on. If you have to get to 70 to 85 percent, and I'm actually not even so certain that you need to get that high. But um, if that's just the vaccine people, then what about the natural immunity people? Right. People in North Carolina that got sick from covid-19 that tripped a positive on their tests. There were like nine hundred thousand of them. Okay. Now, 12,000 of these people have died, okay? But now, do all of the others, do they have immunity, natural immunity? Shouldn't they count? If they've got natural immunity, shouldn't they count towards the tally of the vaccinated, of the immune, right? Did some recover that then went and got the vaccine? I don't know. So John Sanders, I mentioned earlier in in this piece, why we are very close to herd immunity. Fauci's vaccination-only path to herd immunity has significantly influenced the national conversation with this 70 to 85% label. The false construct, though, according to Dr. Macri, uh, does not, or it does create a greater urgency for everybody to get vaccinated, right? So if we need to get to 70 or 85%, then like everybody is un- of the understanding that we all, seven to you know eight out of 10 of us, have to go get the vaccine for this to work. But it also creates a false justification for continued excessive restrictions on freedom. And it raises the possibility that authorities are misallocating the limited vaccine supply by failing to direct it towards people without the natural antibody. So in other words, if you've already had it, you should not be getting a vaccine first. And uh, this raises the question of, is this natural immunity lifelong? Some experts say uh, they don't, well, they don't even talk about a lot of this, you know, Governor Cooper hasn't. Mandy Cohen hasn't. They haven't talked about uh, lifelong natural immunity once you get it. But a recent Public Health England study found that less than 1% of like 6,600 healthcare workers who had gotten COVID got a reinfection within five months, even though they work all the time with COVID patients. So uh, there are experts who believe that natural immunity is very, very powerful especially when more and more people have it. Natural immunity, according to Monica Gandhi, an infectious disease physician and professor at the University of California, she says natural immunity after COVID-19 infections is likely lifelong. Extrapolating from data on other coronaviruses that cause severe illness like SARS and MRSA, it's likely lifelong. And so I don't know what these numbers are. And Governor Cooper hasn't told us what they are either. And this gets to my point about what is the goal and when do we know we've achieved herd immunity? 
where is the finish line here, folks? And I don't ask that to be pedantic or contrarian. I'm, I'm asking because how do you know once you've arrived at your destination if you don't know what the destination is? Right. I've used this analogy before, I believe, that if you're just, you know, you set off running in a certain direction, if you don't have a destination, then you're just running. Right. That's just forward. And I know like Democrats are all about, you know, forward. Right. But you got to have a goal in mind. You got to have an end zone. You got to be running towards something. Otherwise, what if there's a cliff there? You're just going to run towards the cliff. That doesn't sound very wise. See, because when you start to define what the goal is, then we all have a similar understanding and we can share in the effort. But we also know when we get there. And when we get there, that means some of the things you've been doing, they have to end. And I suspect that's the real concern here. And I'm not attributing a a nefarious motive like, oh, he's drunk on power. Like, even if I I don't assume that, even if I assume he's just doing like, I want to save as many lives as possible. Maybe he believes that. I'm sure he does. And so I'm only going to give him a little bit extra, a little bit extra, a little bit more freedom. We'll open up a little bit more. We got to keep running. Got to keep running. Okay, but where are we running to? Just keep running. Just keep running. But where are we running to, Governor? Just keep running. I don't don't find that to be a plan that inspires confidence because it just sounds like you want to lead us. It doesn't sound like you want to lead us to something. Now, that's just sort of a principle, you know, of, of goal setting and, and achievement for success in life and in business, right? In all things, really. Have a goal, right? Identify the goal and then articulate the goal so others can help you achieve it. I live by this goal, th- this, uh, this philosophy, by the way. I do. I live by this. I've talked about this for years. It's one of the things that successful people do that I've adopted. Really successful people They say you have to have the goal, articulate it, and tell other people so they can help you get to that goal. Because you'd be amazed how many people are able to help you achieve a goal when you at least just say what it is. Okay? So shouldn't all of these numbers be, um, for herd immunity, shouldn't these numbers be provided to us? And shouldn't we all then have an expectation that once we get to that number, then these restrictions go away, right? But the governor won't tell us what the target is. And yes, by the way, he was asked by Michael Hyland, finally, at uh, one of these press briefings, Michael Hyland from CBS 17, uh, finally asked this question. Now that you all are moving forward with this, do you at this point have a target percentage of the population that you think needs to get fully vaccinated for you to feel safe lifting the mask mandate and any other restrictions? How far off do you think that is from happening? We've been discussing that, and obviously we have just been working uh, tirelessly to make sure as many people as we possibly can get vaccinated. And we're looking forward to the summertime where we have a much larger percentage of people who are vaccinated. We can have significantly fewer restrictions and return to normalcy. But what's going to be required is as many people as possible getting the vaccine. And there is some concern that we might have a large percentage of the population that uh, is hesitant about it and may refuse. And that's why I mentioned earlier that we're going to depend on 
doctors and ministers and family members and friends uh, to push and cajole those who may be hesitant about getting the vaccine. I'll let Dr. Cohen talk about what numbers we want to hit. I don't think we are, are there yet. We want to work with the CDC and see what they say about it. But Dr. Cohen, I'll recognize you. All right. So Cooper has no answer. He's got no target, which is kind of amazing. Don't you think that leading the state for a year and working towards herd immunity, which, again, I feel the need to point this out because I was attacked for suggesting herd immunity. That is the Swedish model, by the way. The Swedish model was, uh, you know, limited restrictions. People go about their daily lives. Yes, it means that people are going to get sick, but we build to herd immunity earlier, right? That's what happens is people get sick. And yes, there are going to be people who die, but there are going to be people who die regardless because this is a deadly virus, and there isn't any way to protect every single person. And so people can make their own risk assessments, stay home if they must, but we cannot shut down and the entire globe, which is, unfortunately, that was not the argument that won the day, right? But we do see these different models uh, by, for comparison purposes. But it is kind of amazing that even now, Cooper still doesn't know what the herd immunity percentage target should be. So let's get... Cohen up here. What do you think, Dr. Cohen? So I want to point out the success that we have had so far. I know uh, we, uh, the governor mentioned earlier that a why? third what? of adults overall in North Carolina have already uh, gotten at least one vaccine. And if you look Fine. at those who are over 65, remember, those are the folks we started vaccinating first. Over 70 percent have gotten at least one dose of a vaccine and more than 55 percent are fully vaccinated. So we are really making quite good progress. Um, I think think as we move through these additional phases, um, we're going to be, as the governor said, working with our CDC partners to understand setting some goals um, for us to make sure that we are getting as many folks as we can. No answer. Just we need to get more. We're happy with what we've got. We need to get more. Dawn Vaughn from the News and Observer tried again. Uh, You said earlier you've been discussing the vaccination numbers or benchmarks. Can you give us more transparency on the future restrictions listing process going forward. Um, and if, if there is a number or percentage and everyone that wants a vaccine is able to get one and it's, you know, they're two weeks post vaccination, um, why they would still need to be under restriction. So a lot of that information is going to have to come from health professionals and the research that is done regarding people who have been fully vaccinated and what they can and cannot do. So notice what happened here again. Too often reporters, they get in on these uh, press conferences. They know that they have a very limited opportunity to ask a question. And so they they you know, pile a bunch of questions into their one opportunity. And the problem with this, and I've gone over this before, is that it allows the subject of the question, so in this case, the governor, it allows him to ignore the part of the question that he doesn't want to have to address. Her first part of that question, he ignores because his first uh, or her first part of the question was like, what are the metrics for reopening? And he just goes right past it and he starts talking about, well, when you're vaccinated, this is what you can and cannot do. But I don't know. We're going to rely on the, you know, health experts, the ones that have been that have been guiding him on all of this. I'll let Dr. Cohen address uh, what she has discovered so far 
And we know that the idea is to get as many people as we can as we can vaccinated. And we know that what we want to do is to get to as normal a situation as we possibly can. But Dr. Cohen. As we think about easing restrictions, um, as, as we are going to do tomorrow, we always look at that combination of metrics. It's not just cases, but it's also our surveillance metrics. It's how many people are in the hospital, the percent of tests coming back positive. And the good news is our trends have been going in the right direction, but they are leveling. Um, and as that's what we had showed. So we do need to really keep an eye on that. In addition, we are certainly looking at how many of our adults um, are vaccinated. I'd caution everyone to remember, even as good as these vaccines are, no vaccine is perfect. And that's why we want to get as many folks vaccinated to really get that viral level low in our communities. And right now, we also know not everyone can access a vaccine right now. So give us the time to protect each other while we get everyone a spot to get their shot over the next number of weeks and months. Thanks. All right. So what metrics that we're looking at? These are the metrics. I'm not going to tell you what metrics we have to hit in order to get the return to normal. But we have these metrics. And we're watching them and we'll make a determination based on all of these metrics put together. And remember, we're seeing some leveling now of the case counts and hospitalizations. And it almost sounds like she's saying we have to get to zero. If that's what they're saying, if this is the target to get to zero cases, they need to say that now. And reporters need to pressure them. Are you saying we have to be at zero because that would make this virus different than any other virus. Because we live with all of these other viruses, right? We live with a certain amount of risk in our lives that we will catch something that could prove fatal, right? I know people, you know people who have gotten sick and died from something that other people get sick and recover from. But this is life. And if you're saying that we have to get to a zero count on some of these metrics on cases or deaths or hospitalizations or something like we need to know if that's what your vision of the destination is right now. Now, I will say I made a mistake I and I'm living through it right now, which is I forgot to re-up my supply of growers hemp. And so I ran out. And so last night <laughs> I did not take my CBD drops and oh my gosh, I woke up like seven times throughout the night thinking about, oh, what do I got to do for the show? And what do I got to do for tomorrow? And then book an interview. And like my mind starts going to all these places and see when I was taking the CBD drops from Growers Hemp, I was taking their full spectrum hemp extract. I, I would sleep through the night and I would sleep deeply through the night. I didn't wake up with all of this stuff uh, racing through my head. So yeah, I got to get over to the website as soon as I'm done with the show. Going to head on over to the website, place my order. And if you use the promo code Pete, you'll get 20% off. Even me, but with, you know, name like Pete, I like my chances. Use the promo code Pete at growershemp.com. Get yourself some CBD products. Uh, they've got topicals for, you know, joint pain and the like. They have the drops, obviously. They've got lozenges. Go to growershemp.com. These are North Carolina farmers. They control the whole process from seed to shelf. You get better quality, lower prices, and you're saving family farms in the state. Growershemp.com. And as with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer that GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. And these products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I've said 
is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. So please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Growershemp.com, promo code PETE, 20% off. Growershemp.com. It's about the hemp and not the hype. So the Associated Press's Brian Anderson, he tried for a third time to get some sense of an idea of when these restrictions would all get lifted, although he limited his question to a time frame for announcing a goal, not the explicit goal itself. But this, too, apparently was just too specific for the Cooper administration. Uh, I, I'm just curious. A couple other reporters have alluded to it. When can the public expect to have a concrete goal of the percentage needed to be vaccinated before mandates can be lifted? I, I know you sort of said that there's still those ongoing conversations, but when can the public expect to have a concrete goal? So he's not even asking for the goal. All right, fine. Don't, don't, don't tell us the, per- the percentage. Just tell us when you might know what the percentage would be. Pretty, I think, legitimate ask, don't you think? Oh, and I'm going to let you take that one. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Well, we have the goal right now of getting as many North Carolinians vaccinated as possible. It's oh, why we're accelerating out. the timelines. I think our vaccine providers have done an incredible job being fast and oh fair. Oh, my God. Getting national recognition for the work that folks have done. Um, and, and remember, it has to be a combination of things that we look at. Certainly, we want to see more and more folks be vaccinated. We still look at those key four metrics that we've looked at since the beginning of this pandemic and the amount of viral spread. And we have to remember the wild card in all of this is that the virus changes. We have variants already. It is likely that this virus will change more. Those are the kinds of things that we need to take into consideration as we think about what the future holds. But what I could say is getting a vaccine is our way out of this pandemic. So she won't even say when we might have an idea of what the number of vaccinated, what that percentage would even be. We don't even get a timeline for that. Uh, By the way, I would just throw out here, just spitballing, but uh, maybe it's just time to open it up for everybody because if you've got areas of the state where they they have too much supply and not enough demand, um, and they're already starting to kind of move this around, I think maybe part of it is that it's really confusing to figure out what group you're in and whether you're supposed to go or not. So maybe just say, Hey, everybody, come get your shots at this point. Just an idea. That's a wrap for the episode. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Remember, subscribe at thepetecalendarshow.com. Talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. 